Yes, hello. Thank you for choosing Chick-fil- Oh, I did that one. Ah, crap. My name's Aaron Brown, and I just wanted to talk about it. Hey guys, what's going on? It's been a few weeks, I went on vacation, came back, and now we're here. (laughs) Um, so, I- I took a few- few weeks to take a vacation and then I came back and I got busy and then quite frankly I forgot what I talked about in the last few episodes so I actually had to sit down and take a catalog of what stories I've told so far so I didn't retell the same stories embarrassing yes necessary probably not but you know it's me so we went on vacation and though we went to Disney so you get a lot of interesting things that happen there I'm gonna list a few so we were in line for Soren, and uh, if you've ridden the ride before, we get to the room where uh, you're watching the pre-flight video, you get Patrick on the thing, and he's like, hello, that whole thing. So um, there was this guy and this girl and their other friend that were all waiting in line in the um, glider in front of us. So the guy is like, oh yeah, well he starts out, he starts out talking about how he wants to fight a kangaroo one day. This guy is getting very, very, very in detail about how he wants to fight a kangaroo before he dies. And his other friend's like, hey, they got claws. They're going to claw your eyes out. And he's like, well, I'll just stand on his feet and then punch him that way. It was really weird. It was a very weird conversation. Anyway, so the friend looks at the girl. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been having such a good time today. I love spending time with you. And she goes, yeah, it's been great. I'm still taken, though. And I was like, oh, no, Jeffrey. Oh, man, that sucks. So we're in line for the new Avatar ride, right? And my family hasn't ridden it yet. Uh, my brother and I have, so it was this you know new experience for them. So halfway through the line, it's like a three-hour wait. I think we waited for like two and a half or something like that. Doesn't matter. So halfway through, this group of girls behind us just decide to start singing. Just singing but not like regular like oh let's sing a fun song no they were going like full pitch perfect like uh, the semifinals are coming up and they were competing just all through the line and it was one of the worst experiences ever like they just kept going no one wants to have pitch perfect four while waiting for blue people riding on dragon things And then, oh my goodness, that wasn't even the end of it. We also had a similar experience on Big Thunder. There was these dudes behind us, and I know none of their names, but they kept calling for this guy named Gary every two seconds. Like, "Uh, Gary, Gary. I already hate the name Gary. Little fun fact about me. I hate the name Gary, and they wouldn't shut up about this Gary guy for an hour and a half. Oh God, I, I just wanted to talk about it. I don't know. There isn't really a story here, but a quote I heard was, I used to be vegan. I was vegan for three years. And then two months ago, I had a downfall. And now I just don't care. I feel like that sums up vegans all together. I'm talking to you, Jason. I don't understand. Like, if it's not a religion thing, if you just one day wake up and you're like, I'm gonna be vegan. And then, like, one day you just decide not to be it. It's just... What's the point? I don't know. I feel like it's for attention or something. I don't know. I just... I don't know. 
On the morning that we went to Magic Kingdom, this little girl very aggressively looked at her parents while looking through her autograph book and went, You know what? We don't need Jasmine's autograph. And honestly, it took me everything to, like, ask her why. Like, what's her her childish angst against Jasmine? Jasmine's pretty cool. Like, you know, Aladdin? It's a good movie. Why don't... Why didn't you want Jasmine? So that same day, we were in line for Buzz Lightyear. There's a lot of line stories here. It's fine. Um, So we were in line for Buzz Lightyear. And in the planter were, like, rolls. Like, the little yeast rolls. Like, the Hawaiian rolls. They were just rolls in this bush. And my brother and sister... my My sister first like, takes a video of the rolls, and as she's filming these rolls, like, haha, isn't this so weird? This lady reaches in, snatches the rolls, and walks away, and my sister pans over to me, and I am in genuine shock, because it was like, oh, wow, this is weird. Oh, why, why is she taking the rolls? It was the weirdest thing ever. If you've seen the video, you know, but, like, one, why were the rolls there? Two, who is this lady? And three, why? I said that already, but you, Why? So, actually, the first ride that we rode when we got there was Living with the Land in Epcot. The ride with all the plants and stuff. So, if you've ever ridden the ride, the beginning of the ride, you go through, like, various scenes. You go through, like, the rainforest. You go through this farm. That kind of stuff. So, halfway through that part of the ride, this family starts pointing out every single thing to their kid as if this was a blind child that had never come out of a house before. It was ridiculous. But the child was fine, mind you. Um, So they were like, oh, it's a chicken. Oh, it's a goat. Oh, it's this. And then when we're going out to the part with the plants, I looked over at my brother and sister and went, I swear to God, if we get out there, And they start naming all of the plants. Oh, sure enough, we get outside. Oh, it's a pineapple. Look at the bananas. Oh, my God. People are the worst. I can't. I can't. mm. Like, speaking of people. Speaking of people that are ridiculous. I'm so mad I didn't tell this story the other day. So I got a call at work the other day. And it was this woman. She was livid on the phone. She said, hey, I came through the drive-thru earlier, and I got a cheeseburger instead of my chicken. I didn't know what to say. I I did not know what to say. Because how, how in a nice way can you tell a woman, that's impossible, you're crazy, that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. So I said, um... Ma'am, we don't serve hamburgers here at Chick-fil-A. And she goes, well, whatever I got, it wasn't chicken. It was definitely beef. And I said, ma'am, we don't have any beef on this premises at Chick-fil-A. So I don't know what you got. She goes, it definitely wasn't chicken. I was like, all we sell is chicken. I was like, you can come through. I can replace the meal for you. But... We don't serve anything but chicken. And she was so distraught. And then I gave her a fake name. It wasn't a fake name. I gave her a different manager's name. So I didn't have to deal with her when she got there. True story. 
It was funny. I was reminded of a story yesterday when a hearse came through the drive-thru. So I was more jokey with guests when I was a red shirt and taking orders outside. But 99% of the time, because the area we were in, and currently are in, we haven't moved, um, guests just don't get the jokes. They just don't get the jokes. So I was outside taking orders, and a hearse was in the other lane. And I was taking the order, and I looked at the guy and said, wow, looks like those people are dying for some chicken. Right over his head, went on with his order. People are so much in a hurry in that drive-thru and just have no regard for the worker. It was, uh, I remember I used to spend every single day out there taking orders when I first started. Now you have to remember, whenever I started, I was fresh out of high school. I just, I didn't care at that point. I was still in high school mode. I I needed to switch over to work mode still, because I never had a real job before. So whenever I (laughs) would take orders out there, so the dialogue you have whenever a guest pulls up is pretty simple. It's, you know, how are you doing today? And then it's like, okay, can I have a name for your order, please? They give you the name and we proceed with the order. So 80% of the people, when you say that, hi, can I have a name, please? Yeah, I want a number one. And then you just go on with the order. And then at the end, you ask the name again and get the name then. So I didn't really like that whenever they ignore me. So I would have names like, yeah, I want the chicken. Or uh, what's that? So whenever the guests would pull up to the cash box, their name wouldn't be there. It would just be like, I want the chicken. And um, that didn't fly for very long they got pretty upset at me because the whole purpose, I didn't know it at that point because I didn't do drive-thru. The whole purpose of the name is so you can easily go through the drive-thru and know who it is. So you can't pull up and be like, hey, you're the guy that asked for the chicken. Yeah, it didn't It didn't go well for Redshirt Aaron for a little bit. Another thing I did when I started there, so red flags, I'll just briefly, for those of you who don't know. When you're taking your order at our restaurant or most fast food places, if you have a special request, you hit red flag and then type in to tell the kitchen what the special request is. And it shows up on the screen, shows up in kitchen. So when I would do cash box, the way we would communicate inside at that point before we had walkie talkies and things, you would red flag, type your message and send it for the inside. I would have a field day with that because I would go out very early in the morning like I've said in the past, at like 7 a.m., when there's like no cars in the drive-thru. So I would get bored and just like send what I thought were funny jokes into the inside. And then I'd wait a little bit and send another one. And after other people started catching on this and a billion red flags were popping up because everyone wanted to do it like I did it, we got in trouble and we're not allowed to do red flags anymore. It's not so much that we don't have we're not allowed to do red flags. It's just if you compare today's red flags to like then red flags, it's about mm, you know, 95% less. I was getting lunch yesterday and I got a salad as I've been doing recently. I've been kind of on a healthy kick. No reason why, it's just salad. So, I got a salad for lunch and I sit down and I'm eating it. Obviously. <laughs> And 
my friend Bree was like, wow, look at Aaron coming back from vacation eating healthy. And I was like, yeah, I was feeling good about myself. And this lady across the room goes, you know, you're going to die one day. And I was like, um, and she said, so it don't matter what you eat now. You just go ahead and eat whichever, whatever you want. Cause we're all going to die someday. So it doesn't matter. And I was like, I don't think that's a good life lesson right there. I don't, I don't think she ever watched PBS as a kid. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to say to somebody. You know you're going to die someday. I was just eating my salad. But okay. Okay. So we're supposed to give napkins in the drive-thru with our salads. I never do. And today I made the argument of if rabbits don't have to use napkins when eating grass and things, neither do I and neither do the guests. I should probably give them napkins, but you know. If rabbits don't need them, why would you, ma'am? Alright, so I have... Ooh, this is a good story. The rabbit story. This is a very good story. <laughs> well, you know. So, when I was younger... Ooh, this was probably... 8th grade, probably? ninth grade? 8th grade? We had a fair by our church. We did this every March. And it was this big fair. Well, it was... A nice size fair, you know, for what it was. And they had this game where you toss a ring around this this plastic duck that were in a little pool, and you won a bunny. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play. I'm not going to win. It's kind of impossible. Like, I'm not going to win. I'm just going to play this game for fun. So I win, and I am like, oh, my God. I get a bunny. So I got this really fat bunny and put it in this really tiny cage and I took it back to my mom and she wasn't very amused by it <laughs> and I was like mom like I won this like living creature like we can't give it back like they're not gonna take it back like this is an older bunny compared to the other ones and my mom's freaking out because we're definitely not taking it home but we can't give it back so we're in the parking lot for like an hour trying to like pawn off this bunny to just random strangers. So finally we give it to this girl we know. And she takes it home and keeps it in her bedroom without her mom knowing. And she's probably there for like uh, about two weeks. And then her mom finds out and is livid. And she has to give the bunny to somebody else. And then that person couldn't keep it for whatever reason. So they had to give it to somebody else. They gave it to my friend Seth because they had a bunny enclosure. So it was like, awesome. My my rabbit is going to have his own little home in this uh, enclosure. So my carny rabbit starts humping all the other rabbits that of the same gender. So they had to get rid of my bunny and release into the wild. I don't know what happened to my bunny. It's just somewhere in the wild somewhere. It probably died, you know. But that's that was the uh, the full story of Aaron Brown and his time trying to own a rabbit. So I stole a lamp one time. It's a weird way to start into a story, but kind of spoiled the ending. I'm gonna keep going. I wrote a paper on it, got an A in high school, and uh, I'm gonna tell the story right now. So as I've said in the past, I was a pastor's kid, or if I haven't said it, I'm saying it now. So I was kind of one of those pastor's kids that was, did a lot of things and then would look at the camera and say, oh, what are they going to do? Kick me out? That was kind of a dangerous life to live, but you know, 
one day, most of the youth leadership were out of town on like some kind of conference or something. And uh, our friend Seth was the leader on duty. And we all love messing with Seth. So we decide we're going to make Seth's night the best night of his life. Well, the best night of our life, the worst night of his. So we grab this lamp that's in the youth room. We go outside. We're putting on swings. We're swinging it back and forth. We're taking on slides. We're having the time of our life with this lamp. We break the lamp, basically. We snap it in half by accident. And he was pretty upset. So uh, we call the the youth leaders and we're like, hey, we broke this lamp on accident. Sorry. And it wasn't that it was broken. It was just snapped in half. But like all the, uh, you know, wires and everything were fine. So at the end of the night, I look at the lamp and I go, I'm going to take it home. And they were like, no, you can't take it home. I was like, it's mostly broken. I'm going to take it home. So I took it home, and it's now on my shelf forever. I don't really like Whataburger. There, I said it. Okay, I need to talk about this stupid joke that Amber kept talking about when I was in Orlando. All right, so her brother is having a son, and she kept telling this... I don't even tell it, it's so stupid. Um, She kept saying that... The kid's name needed to be QT, but the Q is silent, so every single time someone would go, Hey, is your name QT? They would go, No, the Q's silent, it's just T. <laughs> That's the whole joke. That's <laughs> so stupid. I saw that uh, robot movie, Alita, last night. All of you lied to me. It sucked. That was a bad movie. That was like a waste of two hours. And also, it was like a PG-13 or PG movie, whatever it was. It was like the goriest kid movie I've ever seen. Like, robots and like, most of them are like cyborgs. But like, people getting their faces cut off. People dying every two minutes. Jennifer Conley's eyes are ripped out and hands are cut off and brains put in a jar it's it's a crazy movie it wasn't good it was like two hours of just people dying weird oh another story i was reminded of at work from when i was a red shirt um so for a little bit our tray liners had a step-by-step on how to draw a cartoon cow and on every single one of my breaks i would draw a cow and then tape it up somewhere else in the restaurant and I did that for, like, probably a month straight. And there was just pictures of cows that I have drawn everywhere. And they got all got thrown away by one manager. But it's fine. She just didn't appreciate my art the way other people did. So I feel like I need to tell my graduation story. As I've said before, I went to a fairly interesting school. I guess I can start back at the graduation meetings, I suppose. That would be a good place to start. So at that point, I had been out of school for about six months. Um, I hadn't, I'd already graduated in terms of books, but I needed to walk still and get my diploma. So I was very, not, I don't want to say popular in high school, because our high school wasn't really like that. It was just the more people that knew you, I guess, it was more popular. Didn't really matter if you were liked or not. So and it was weird. Anyway, <laughs> so I was popular, quote unquote. So anytime we would do a vote, I would just steamroll 
it all. I was I was just that guy in the class because everyone else was really introverted and I was loud and you know just so basically all of graduation, all of the stuff we voted on was by me. I did it. So I remember one big one of the big votes that we had was our graduation song. It was between We Are Family and Thunderstruck by ACDC. And everyone was really dead set on We Are Family. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? Would you rather a song by ACDC as you're graduating or a song that was used in a Hamburger Helper commercial? That was my big pitch. And by the end of it, I won. Yes, my graduation song at our Christian school was ACDC's Thunderstruck. It was the best ever. You're welcome, CIS class of 2017. So it was funny, at the meeting, they were listing all the people who are going to be the valedictorian, and they didn't list my name. And I was like, oh, nice. I verbally said this out loud. I said, oh, nice. I did just enough work not to get noticed. And she goes, oh, no, Aaron, you're actually on this list, too. I was like, oh, God. So I wasn't the valedictorian, even though technically, and I mean technically, I was the highest ranked in our class. I had the best GPA. But the thing was, the other people had dual enrolled, so they had their college grades as well, so their GPAs were technically higher. It was a bunch of bullcrap. I, I was the valedictorian, in my opinion. And only my opinion, but you know. So something happened where the, I still even can't, I can't even say the role that I was in for graduation. Was it a salutatorian? Is that how you say it? Anyway, um, something happened where she couldn't do it. So they split it up between me and another guy. We like split the role of that. So like, I didn't get the title, but I had all the responsibility if that's not the most my life thing to do, I don't know what is. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the graduation photos, we were told we were allowed to wear whatever we wanted. And I was dead set on wearing a three-piece suit. I was going to look great. And then my mom said no. So I just wore a tie with a white shirt and jeans. It was the whitest boy outfit ever. I was sad about it. I just need to talk about it now. So the graduations, um, I guess the story starts when we're setting up for the graduation. Now, here's the thing about graduation setup. So the year prior, we were at school one Friday morning, and she goes, all right, all 11th graders, get in the car right now. We're going to the church and setting up for the graduation night. And all of us were like, wait, what's going on? What, what's happening? Like, no, like we're at school right now. Like, why, why are you telling us to get in your car and go somewhere else? And she said, well, all the 11th graders every year set up for the seniors graduation. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so I got in the car and we went and set up for the graduation. And their big sell was, well, if you set up this year, you don't have to set up next year. And I was like, awesome. So next year rolls around. We're all graduating. We still have to go for setup. The biggest BS of my entire life. Not the biggest one, but it's up there. So we're setting up for graduation, and I'm not really doing anything. Honestly, me and my friend Ray are just chilling in these very comfy, comfy chairs up on the stage. Everyone else is working. There's really not much to do. And uh, he had to open his mouth and say, Wow, I love how we're just not doing anything. 
So obviously we get told to do something because he pointed out that we weren't doing anything. I don't know why he would do that. My teacher goes, hey, move the tables in the lobby into the storage room. And we're like, okay. So we go to move these tables and this random mom that's there, her son's not even graduating. She's just a mom that's there. She goes, okay, put those put those uh, tables in the closet over there and points to a room. So obviously, if you were in that same situation and said, put it in that closet, but you point to a room, you would put it in that room she's pointing to, right? Right, guys? Yeah, okay. It's like an episode of Dora. Anyway, um, she says, put it in that closet over there. So we put it in the room that she points at. We walk away for a little bit and come back. She goes, hey, did you put the tables in that closet over there? Points to a different room, let me tell you. And I said, no, you pointed to that room when you said put it in the closet. She goes, does that... She she raises her voice at me and goes, does that look like a closet? And I said, no, ma'am, you just pointed to that room, so we assumed. And she just freaks out at us. She goes, if you had any common sense, you would know that that is not a closet. That is a room. She goes, are you graduating? And I nodded. And she goes, well, if you're graduating, you should have the common sense to know that that room is not a closet. And I was fine at first, but then she started insulting my intelligence because she pointed to a room, not a closet. And I matched her volume and it was like, you pointed to that room. And then Ray grabbed me by the shoulder and was like, it's not worth it. And he pulled me away from this woman before we got any louder. So anyway, we finished setting up for that graduation and we do the rehearsal. And uh, it was the worst. Our graduation was so freaking long. Like, it wasn't just our graduation. For some stupid reason, we had kindergartens graduating with us, too. Like, what is kindergarten graduation doing at a high school graduation? They're not doing anything. They're just getting a different kind of juice box when they go to school. Anyway, so the graduation rehearsal takes forever. So we get out at, like, 10 o'clock that night. That takes forever. And obviously, we have to go back the next day and do it all over again. But your mom's watching... So the graduation starts, and I'm on my phone the whole time. I'm just texting my brother and family members around, making jokes, because this is the longest freaking graduation you've ever been a part of. And I had just done it the night before. So it was like watching a rerun of a movie you didn't want to watch in the first place. So anyway, the graduation starts, and this is what happened the the night before with the salutatorian, if that's how you say it. I still don't know. So the the girl couldn't do it, split the two things up between me and another guy. Uh, he had to do the Pledge of Allegiance, and I had to give the opening speech. Now, because I didn't really have any time to write a speech, she gave me one that she had pre-typed, and she goes, you can just Aaronize it. I was like, I don't think you want me to do that, but okay. So I took her speech, put in jokes about John Stamos and stuff. It was... It was all right. It wasn't my best speech, but you know. So I quickly write the speech the day before. And I don't really rehearse it because it's really awkward because it's not my own words. See, if I wrote it and then did it, it would be fine. But I didn't have time to prepare a nice speech before the graduation. So... I mean, I have my iPad with me because I want to rehearse my speech right before I go up, but I had not 
really paid attention to where my speech was. My speech was literally right off the bat. <laughs> so we sit down, and immediately we have to get up on stage, and I have to read my speech. And it was the most awkward thing ever. It was probably one of my worst public speech Because at that point, I really hadn't done any public speaking. Really, I had to read it. I had to do a few, um, you know, PowerPoints in class, but I had never done, like, anything that big before. So it was really awkward. It was kind of funny, I guess. Not my best stuff. Anyway, so the graduation goes on. I'm on my phone the whole time texting my family family members because I had just done this, you know, the night before. So I was, I was done with it. So I'm texting my family members, making fun of people on stage, as I do. So then we get to the point where we're calling names and, you know, going up and getting a diploma. So when graduation starts, my brother texts me and was like, dude, you owe Louie for this. Like, this is crazy what he's doing for you. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And then he kept talking about, like, Luvi, like, he, where he was sitting, was, like, really cramped and stuff. I was like, what is he talking about? Like, what is, what is Jonathan doing? So I get up. They call my name. They say, Sir Aaron David Brown. Little backstory there. So in high school, every single time I wrote a paper, I would give myself different titles. Every single paper would be Dr. Aaron. Sir Aaron, Mr. Aaron Brown, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Just little names like that. You know, Aaron Brown Esquire. She gave me one last title. It was even a little pamphlet that said Sir Aaron David Brown. It was a whole thing. So she goes, Sir, Sir and all of a sudden you hear, and I look up, and our friend Louie, unbeknownst to me, is in the drum cage giving me a little intro, and it was so good. I appreciate it every day. Not every day. I don't think about my graduation that often. I kind of want to forget about it, but you know. So I get my diploma and she reads my little thing where it's like, Aaron enjoys this and this and this and this. Because it's it's supposed to be like little stuff like, oh, Aaron enjoys bowling and, you know, cupcakes. But mine was a little different. It was, what was it? I think it was, I enjoy frolicking through fields of flowers, sunny picnics, and long walks on the beach. And that was my big kicker. So she says my name, reads that off, and then I take off my cap and I walk out. I just leave the graduation. I did my part. And it's really funny. I kind of don't even want to tell this part of the story because it's this big conspiracy thing around my family about what I did when I left. Like, people said I was up in the, like, balcony, thanking people for coming, shaking hands and all of this, and I was like, did I do that? I don't, I don't remember doing that. Or, like, some people said I, like, was out doing, like, something else. Like, every person has, like, a different story about, like, what I was doing during the time of me walking out to the end of graduation. I'm going to tell you the real story right now. So what happened was, uh, it's, a, it's such a me thing to do if you hear, you hear this. So I walked out and I went into where our reception was. And in our reception, we all had boards and stuff. You know, your graduation board. The thing about me is I didn't really do any like clubs and stuff in high school. I didn't do any sports. I just showed up to school and did my work. I didn't do any FFA stuff. The most stuff I did in high school was put my face places. 
So I created, before graduation, this giant mural of myself. It was all these glam shots of myself, and it was, it's, it's huge. It's in my room now, on my wall, and that was my board. My board was Aaron Brown. So I had the book on the table, the captain's log book. I had made it specifically for graduation. I was selling my book at my graduation, and I had the aforementioned lamp that I stole with the paper right next to it with the A plus on it that kind of stuff all over my table and I like fake um like awards on my table like I had a gold medal from Chuck E. Cheese it was it was pretty funny so anyway I go to the room with that and that's where all the food and stuff is so I get snacks honestly the graduation's still going but I'm in there I got punch I got cookies that punch smacked man that was still some of the best punch I've ever had so I eat my food and I go and I uh, get my hair gel and I fix my hair because that you know it's like two hours underneath the, those stupid caps oh my god I hate those caps so much so I fix my hair and I'm getting texts from my family like where are you your grandma's pissed at you that kind of stuff you know regular family stuff so I go back in there because I had full intention of going back there for like the, the, you know, you pull the tassel the other side. So I missed that part. My mom probably is still mad about that. I missed the tassel flip and then I threw the cap and then I left again because then I had to put the cap back on. So my hair got messed up. So I fixed my hat, my hair again. So that's my graduation story for all of you that, you know, didn't know me then. All right, I guess I'll end it there. Um, my cousin used to look up on Craigslist the, you know, women seeking man stuff, and then he would laugh at them. That was all. I had no, like, lead-in for that story. It was just really weird that an eight-year-old would do that. Anyway, I'm Aaron Brown. You're not. <laughs>